Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, March 9th. My name is Javier Reyes, your host of this year Lockdown Padres Podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres. Always up to some mischievous stuff on there. Or my personal account, which has even more mischievous stuff. Some reprehensible, some abhorrent things, some would say. Which is at Javapeno, of course. And if you feel so inclined, hit me up on either of those with any questions you might have. And I'll do my very best to answer them here on the show. And what a show we have today, guys. Not really. Just kind of a weekend recap. Decent weekend for me, actually. I got out of the house for once, which was fun. I hung out with some friends on Friday. Saturday, I hung out with another friend and watched some anime. That was really fun. Or was that Sunday? That was Sunday, actually. Saturday, I don't know what I did. Oh, I Saturday, I went on like a radio show. I went back to school. I visited some friends back at school. Because as you guys might not know, I have, I graduated, actually, fairly recently ago, back in, back in May. So, very interesting weekend in that respect. In terms of the Padres world, nothing crazy, really. Kind of just your, you know, spring training goes on, and we're finally closing that out, though. We're, we're really getting close, and we're going to be done with that soon, or at least it feels soon. And I will say, there's, there's nothing better than knowing that opening day is really just around the corner. I mean, this could be a factor of just other things I'm interested in, but I really feel like these next couple weeks are going to fly by, and I'm really excited to see what unfolds perhaps in terms of baseball news because I feel like there's still there's that essence in the air there's that vibe at least in in my opinion that there's still like one other thing that's gonna happen you know like it, it might not even be the Padres either it could be anybody and I feel like there's there's a move to be made an announcement to happen maybe it's maybe I'm getting this feeling because the Red Sox investigation with the whole cheating scandal and, you know, that the Ashes have already undergone. Maybe we're waiting to see the results from that. Maybe that's the thing I'm thinking of, but we'll just have to see. Let's talk about the weekend and what happened with the Padres, right? Nothing crazy. They won on Friday against Texas 4-3. My beloved Trent Grisham went over 3 with two strikeouts, which wasn't great, of course. Machado went over 3 with a strikeout, and he's batting <laughs> under 159, to be exact, on the spring, which is a laugh my butt off, borderline, like, hilarious parody of baseball type of number right there. And it's, again, I don't care. Like, I just do not care about these numbers, really. Unless someone told me Machado's hurt, then I don't really care. This isn't something that's going to plague him for too long. I think he's going to get right back into it and hopefully deliver a MVP caliber season, which I know he's definitely capable of. Profar got the start at second. He went two for three. Again, the Profar-Dozier kind of battle is interesting. Both of them are going to make the team, I assume. And I think it's going to be interesting to see which of them ends up getting more starts. I think for now, it's really just going to be kind of a platoon, I think. I think that maybe it's just going to come down to how comfortable Profar is with playing the position. And just if Dozier has anything kind of left, if he's can show any spark from the season that he was a borderline MVP second baseman, then maybe that'll determine those things. They lost to Arizona 10-5 on Saturday. I blame Mr. Millard Thomas, of course, who was on the podcast. If you guys didn't catch that, I recommend checking out on Friday with Millard Thomas, who's the host of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Just talk very briefly about the team and how they stack up against the Padres. This is a good podcast, and I'm sure he's going to be on many more episodes come the future, and really enjoyed that, so go check that out. Joey Lucchese went just... 
two-thirds of an inning, walking four, I repeat, four batters, which was a little concerning, and giving up four runs. Of course, Lucchese isn't exactly a pitcher that I think is going to be all that incredible. This isn't a, you know, this isn't one of our ace starters, and I don't think that, that's all I really have to say on it. Sorry if I'm sounding shallow, guys. I just, I don't know what else to say about these numbers. There's nothing really crazy that's jumping out at me, but the, the walking of four is a little weird. That that's that seems a bit rare because in spring training, I don't feel like you should be doing that. I feel like testing things out and at least not walking people. You know what I mean? Let them get a hit. Let, get lit up. It's better to get lit up than start to raise questions of control. But that being said, I think that the starting rotation is all but set up and, and kind of finalized. Nothing much to report there. The only other notable thing from the game, Jake Cronenworth went one for three with a double and has apparently, according to a bunch of people, on the Pirates, according to veterans and stuff, that he's been really impressing this spring. And I'm really curious to see how, I guess, if that continues to hold up and maybe he makes a play for the roster and what have you. And then Taylor Trammell went one for one. He got a pinch hit situation and got a triple, which was nice to see. Taylor Trammell, one of the rookies, young guys that I'm looking forward to the most, the one that I'm keeping my eye on. He's my sleeper pick, I'd say, of the season, if I had to pick somebody. And then the last bit of notable news from spring training games, the sheriff, Mr. Chris Paddock, yesterday, Sunday, got clobbered. He gave up six runs over four innings of work, including a pair of homers. Not great to see, especially from the opening day starter. But again, remember, uh, Garrett Cole actually had an outing recently that was, I think it was on Friday, if I'm not mistaken, and he just got annihilated. So it's this can happen to anybody, so I wouldn't be freak out too much over that and I think he's been testing out his curveball for a lot of this but I would pay no way to it a lot of just hey the Padres were kind of do I mean they were like eight and one heading into the weekend the the pitching was great for everybody the hitting was was pretty solid even if not coming from the the guys that we expect it to come from but still nothing of note there they were due for some regression I would say in terms of spring training I guess if there is such a thing anyways Last bit of news, though, aside from spring training, games were the cuts that were announced. Nothing overly surprising here. I'm just going to read the tweet that the Padres put out yesterday, and that was, the Padres have optioned outfielders Edward Oliveras and Jorge Oña to minor league camp and have reassigned infielders Gabriel Reyes, Owen Miller, and Esteban Gueros, outfielders Michael Geddes and Hudson Potts, catcher Luis Campizano, and right-handed pitchers Pedro Avila, Lake Boucher, Miguel Diaz and Darius Valdez. Hopefully I said all those names right that way. I don't get any more bad reviews, but nothing crazy there. I'd say that, you know, 61 players, according to them, remaining in Major League Camp. The Gabriel Reyes thing is interesting because I feel like he's one of those guys that he played quite well. And I know that Olivares was one of the best players in spring, hitting over 389 on the short sample size. So in terms of those two, Arias. I would say the big thing with him is he's a shortstop. Apparently, he's going to continue to play shortstop. And since we have Tatis, El Nino, of course, it's very. I don't. I think that he's one of those guys that's going to get traded. If there's, if you ever see a trade pop up, and they say prospects were given up in the deal, I can assume fairly confidently that Arias is probably going to be part of that. A decent prospect, and more importantly, there's not really anywhere to play for him right now. So that might be why the Padres are going to look to shop him. So. That's about it for that. And of course, like I was mentioning with Taylor Chamel, who i am got an eye on, he was not cut. So I think that that's a product of him playing quite well over the course of the spring so far, hitting around 400. And also because the Padres just have a serious lack of outfielding depth. 
So honestly, anybody could make that spot in center field. doesn't matter who it is or make the bench and potentially compete for a spot in center field. Whatever it is, that position is really the only main thing that the Padres haven't kind of sorted out fully yet. But that's it in terms of the the cuts there. Then today, game is currently going on right now. Garrett Richards is getting the start today against the Dodgers, the arch rivals, of course. Hate them, hate them, hate them. I'm just kidding. I don't really hate them. They're fine. But you got it. You kind of got it. It's a rivalry. It's, it's what happens. The lineup today is actually Tatis is back. He's returning from the flu. And a, a, a little bit of a word on the flu. Everyone, I hope everyone stays safe out there. I just wanted to get this out there with the whole coronavirus thing. I know it's hard to kind of escape news about that. But this is, I feel like whenever we talk about pandemics and, and diseases that are going around, when it starts reaching the length of time that the coronavirus has been talked about, which feels like it's been around three weeks now, it's definitely serious. Not that if it's been talked about less, it isn't serious, but this is a, uh, it's an up there, an A-plus fear, you know, I mean, when it comes to professional sports, this is a big deal because I've been seeing things with the NBA and how they're considering, I actually just got an alert while I started recording, that the owners are going to meet about potentially barring anyone aside from essential personnel from entering a game, which could be crazy. And I know LeBron James spoke out about this saying, I'm not playing if the fans aren't there. So that's a story to watch. And we're going to see how it unfolds across the rest of the sports world. I don't know anything specific about MLB, but I just want to enforce everybody. Hey, wash your hands, stay safe. Uh, I mean that from the bottom of my heart, all my Friday faithfuls out there and all my just MLB faithfuls and all of my people in general. Maybe you stumbled upon this podcast and you were bored studying for your final in chem. I don't know what it is. You know, it could be anything, but I hope you're you're staying safe. And I hope that and I have everyone in my thoughts that, you know, is going through something right now. And on that note, reading the rest of the lineup, like I said, Tatis is batting leadoff. Then goes Tommy Pham, Manny Machado, Eric Hosmer, Brian Dozier, Will Myers, Trent Grisham, Josh Naylor, and Luis Torrens. That lineup is interesting because I think that the top seven, I'd say it's seven, not eight. I kind of like Josh Naylor a little bit, but I'd say the top seven there is a good idea of what the opening day lineup might be. Unless I'd say the only one there that's really questionable would be would be Brian Dozier. I'd say just because he is the one that is is a little bit more in a competition with Jerickson Profar, who I think AJ Preller is really high on and has the highest upside of the two, I'd say. Unless, like I said, you never know. If Brian Dozier returns to second base borderline MVP form, that could always happen. But yeah, that's the lineup for today. Haven't really seen any updates on the game. It's actually one nothing Padres, so I shouldn't say that. That's kind of cool to see. And Garrett Richards has struck out two so far, which is great. Awesome. I love that. Garrett Richards, one of the, the low-key bounce-back candidates, I'd say, heading into all of baseball, but definitely in terms of the Padres, I think that if that guy stay health, stays healthy, he's good. Fastball in the mid-90s, decent changeup, I think, from what I've seen. And his thing is just all all health. So hopefully he can stay healthy, look solid in spring, and then really kind of ball out for us this year. So looking forward to that. But that's about it from the initial recap. And then at, we're going to take a little bit of a break. And when we get back, I want to talk about two other things, one about the Padres and one not about the Padres, because you know me, guys, I like to at least get – a little bit of general baseball talk in there every now and then. So stay tuned. Listen to the Lockdown Padres podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And we're back, everybody, here on the Lockdown Padres podcast. A little back in the groove edition, some would say, of the Lockdown Padres podcast. Just getting my feet wet with 
all this new information and just kind of it was interesting because I was kind of hesitant to record before I started this I was like wow it's been so long and then I thought about it I was like oh no it hasn't been long it's just that I recorded Thursday and Friday's podcast on a Wednesday so I was only editing so I haven't really spoken into a microphone Lord knows I spoke a lot over this weekend with with my friends we had a really good time but definitely not into a microphone especially about baseball but that being said excited to be back of course First thing I wanted to talk about was the Padres. It was announced the Fox Sports, their MLB schedule was announced, and the Padres were revealed to have three nationally televised games this season. You know, it's not a lot of games, obviously, and the first time you can catch them, of course, just to read the three games. They visit the Reds on Saturday, May 23rd. Two weeks later, you'll be able to catch them again when they visit the Arizona Diamondbacks on Saturday, June 6th. And then the last broadcasted game will be a month and a half later, which is on Saturday, July 25th, happens. I know some Padres people are like, oh, only three games for for this team? Really? That's kind of surprising. Well, remember, this is kind of a ratings thing, guys, and I'm, I'm sure I haven't checked this, I haven't looked this up, but I'm sure teams like the Astros and the Dodgers and assuredly teams like the Yankees and Red Sox are probably going to have more games. I wouldn't be surprised to see that. It's about ratings, so this isn't... I don't think this is as much a slight as some Padres fans might perceive it to be. Also, it's in fairness, the Padres are coming off a mediocre 71 season, so it's not like this is a team that, while promising and full of potential for not only this season, but the seasons to come, it's not like there's a proven track record with that. So that's kind of, I feel like, how TV works. If the Padres were coming off of a, a 95 game win or season win and Mackenzie Gore was pitching and he was doing great, and it's the middle of the season, you don't, you don't really know for sure. And you know that those if they get some game that's like Marlins Padres or whatever and or not Marlins I should say but if they get a Padres game and what's another potentially interesting one like maybe the Athletics or maybe the Angels two teams that are good but it's not totally inconceivable that they don't you know live up to the potential expectations that people have for them you know and baseball isn't as predictable as say basketball when it comes to drumming up their nationally televised games and predicting that as long as usually it's very easy with that. That's why NBA Christmas, I think is the superior of all the, of between not all of the, but between uh, Thanksgiving day football and NBA Christmas. Cause you know that the games are going to be good. Meanwhile, football for some reason is always reliant on having the putrid stench that is known as the Dallas Cowboys. And then for some reason they had Falcon saints this year, just like they did last year. Like why? I mean, at least last year you could defend that maybe they might be good, but you're going to run run it back? Like, why? At least run back a team like that's like known to be good. Anyway, I, I don't even – this is a baseball podcast. <laughs> anyway, now I want to get back onto my general story of the day, and that's about Barry Bonds. There's a quick story in Bleacher Report that I read that Bonds says the MLB has given up on him, and he's called it a death sentence since retirement, and quotes, I feel like a ghost – my heart, it's broken. If they don't want me, just say you don't want me and be done with it. And the reason why I want to talk about this is because I actually want to ask you guys some of your thoughts. And I know you guys reach out to me every now and then with, with some of your questions and whatnot. And I was wondering, because I'm genuinely open to this, because I understand the whole steroid era thing. And Barry Bonds, his, his rating actually voting in 2020 was actually at 60% people who voted him into the Hall of Fame. Of course, you need 75%. That's a big jump from the 35% he got when he was first eligible. And really when it comes down to this, I I feel bad. There was something about hearing the story that made me feel bad. And it's not necessarily because I feel bad for Barry Bonds. It's just I feel bad for the whole sport of baseball. I feel bad that 
you know, obviously we have this Astros thing going on, but I feel so bad about baseball that there's this giant cloud over almost everything that's achieved in the sport, more so than every any other sport where there's just these questions of cheating and these questions of steroids and the steroid era was a nightmare. I still remember being in, I remember being in New York City, actually, the day that the Alex Rodriguez news broke. And while back then I'd say baseball was a little bit more relevant, I'd say that people were talking about it more. At least that's what it felt like. Like, this was a number one story. Like, Alex Rodriguez was the guy. The guy of baseball, kind of, in a lot of ways. Not necessarily the best player, but eh, actually you could argue that he was the best player at that time. Especially coming off of that that 50-60 home run season or whatever. He was just a mammoth, unstoppable at the plate. And to see that whole thing unfold was really the beginning of the the I'd say the height of the steroid era when someone as great as him was pegged with that that stench I guess is the way to call it and it was depressing and seeing this Barry Bonds story kind of reminded me of that and it reminded me of the atmosphere and it's just sad and while I I personally think Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame I think that when it comes to things of history in general it's it's tough for me not to put them in there because the bottom line is when you look at it Barry Bonds in terms of just overall players in history, one of the great, I mean, he's like a top five MLB player. Let's take apart the whole argument of how much of the stats are inflated and whatnot. Like a, like a 10-time gold glover, I don't have the stats right in front of me, but one of the all-time leaders in home runs. It's just, it's very tricky. And seeing this unfold and seeing that he's just kind of broke. I don't know what it was about that quote that got me, and maybe it got you guys too, but... I just, I, I read that and I was like, oh my God, like, this is still going on. And, you know, Pete Rose is another one, although I do think that Pete Rose's situation is a lot different than the Barry Bonds situation, who is a steroid-related thing. And personally, I find the steroid issue to be incredibly weird. I don't hate people who don't want Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame. I get that. Although I would counter that it's kind of presumptuous of, uh, presumptuous of us to assume that anyone in the Hall of Fame is 100% clean. It's just, it's very tricky for me to believe that guys that are in there, that they somehow were able to hit more home runs and what, it's just, it, it's, it's weird. I, like I said, I know I'm repeating myself a little bit, but this whole thing, and I know it's exhausting, it's nauseating to keep talking about steroids, but that's kind of the situation we're at now. And I just wanted to kind of pitch that to you guys. I know I've already pitched the idea of what are your guys' favorite baseball movies, but I think this is a serious topic, a more serious topic that I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on. And that's about Barry Bonds and just where you think the sport is heading. And I know I brought up with my podcast with Stacy where we mentioned how Alex Wood was one of my favorite players to talk about the, uh, the MLB player reactions to the Astros scandal. And we might actually have to do another one of those based on the kind of things that have been happening over the past few days. We might have to do a part two of our favorite reactions, but that Alex Wood was like, hey, I'd rather pitch against someone that was on steroids than that was knew every pitch that was coming. And I don't know if that maybe this whole Astros thing, is it possible that this has made people think about the steroid issue again, where it's like, this is an issue, but the cheating thing is worse by far. I don't know. Is this going to affect Jose Altuve and a potential Alex Bregman if Alex Bregman continues on the pace he's going and if he continues to put up the numbers he does that maybe does this affect his Hall of Fame case in the future? Does it affect Justin Verlander? We don't we don't 100% know and I think that this whole it's just a I'd say to summarize to quickly summarize Barry Bonds little comments and talking about him talking about the Astros just a reminder that baseball more than any other sport is really kind of hampered by the 
the off the field drama in terms of cheating and the integrity of the game. And it's really sad to see. And I hope that it somehow is alleviated and I wish that we didn't have to talk about it, but we kind of do. And that's about it for today. Not a big episode. Those are my thoughts today, guys, on spring training, some Padres stuff. Going to be back tomorrow as always. And also I'm hoping to have on the last of the NL West team's hosts, if I said that correctly, on the podcast this week. Don't know when. Might be a little bit earlier this week. Might be Thursday. Or I'm sorry, it might be maybe it might be Wednesday that you might get that podcast, guys. It depends on what my schedule is, but we'll see. Um, but definitely hoping to get that this week. I can almost guarantee it to round out the all of the teams of the NL West kind of being on the Padres podcast and talking about stuff. So look forward to that. That about does it, guys, for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves, still making that joke. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your pods from, rate it, give me your comments or whatever, follow the show or myself on Twitter, and until next time, stay faithful, my fire faithful homies, take care, and stay safe.